the things that you need to prioritize to succeed, I think that that sets a good standard for your son to see that nothing can stop you if you choose to not let anything get in the way of that. I definitely wish I could have more time with my son. I hate I hate even using that word wish, but it's more of uh, you know the thing that I hope he will understand is that I don't do it to get away from him. I do it to inspire him. I think the first investment is they're going to grow up to be like me. So I'm going to invest in myself. Welcome to the Fathers of Greatness podcast. We are creating a community of men, fathers, and husbands who are pursuing greatness and refusing average. It is up to us to change the future, and it starts at home. Gentlemen, welcome to the podcast. Excited to talk to you guys today. I have Jacob Ostendorf and Ricky Schickel with me. And a fun fact about Jacob is he is my brother-in-law. So obviously I know him well. And Ricky is a new friend of mine that I met probably about six months ago. I met uh, Ricky at a uh, strongman competition where he was competing with Jacob. And I learned a little bit more about his story and about how him and Jacob have connected through work and really been a true example of that verse in Proverbs that talks about iron sharpening iron. And I think it's very important for men to link up with other men to, to sharpen themselves, you know, to level up, push themselves, pursue a challenge and kind of keep each other accountable. So I recognize that in you guys, in your relationship. And I think it's great that you're sitting here. I know you both have children, which happen to be sons. I also only have sons. So that'll be a fun topic. And I'm excited to talk to you guys today. I definitely consider you guys fathers of greatness. You're pursuing greatness in a lot of areas. So welcome to the show, Jacob and Ricky. How are we doing? How are you? Very well, very well. You guys look great. I'm, I'm seeing both of you side by side. You look great. And uh, this is going to be a little bit different, obviously, with two guests. But uh, I'm excited because it's double the value. So why don't you guys start by sharing a little bit of your story, how you guys got connected, and uh, how it started off at work, per se. Well, we, uh, I started at the company a little before Ricky, about a year before Ricky. And then Ricky started yeah, a year after me. I think it's about four years now. <clears throat> yeah, it's all or coming up years. on four years, yeah. And uh, we really didn't like each other at first. We kind of okay. eyes each other, honestly. Yeah, because when I first came to the company, I first started and he was the guy who trained me. And um, at the time, a fair few people would talk down on Jacob and, you know, kind of didn't like him. And so they kind of got into my head at the time. I was easily influenced by these guys because I was trying to fit in. And when everybody was talking down on him and he was training me, it seemed like uh, the the cool thing to do was to kind of not like Jacob too. And uh, sure. yeah, that's kind of how it started out. And, uh, but a- as time went on, you know, I got to know the guy more and found out that out of everybody there, he's probably the most, you know, straightforward guy you could probably be friends with. Sure. Sure. That, that speaks to the, you know, we all grew up in, in different circles and we all knew kind of the group of, of either bullies or, or the nice guys or all that stuff. And it's funny how men get around other men and they kind of become a chameleon, right? They kind of join the loudest screaming group, so to speak. And instead of, you know, finding out for themselves. So, so you guys ended up, so how long were you guys essentially uh, not friends? Was that for quite a while or just a few months? Like six months? Yeah, six months. Six to okay. nine months, like that. Sure. 
And what was the, what was kind of the shift? Did you guys have a good conversation or what was the. So I, I moved out here from California uh, and I already had a son. And then um, Jacob here had his son right after. And kind of like we talked a couple of times about his son and stuff like that. And the more that I would ask him questions about, you know, um, his boy and stuff like that. And like, he'd ask me about how my son's doing and he'd ask certain questions about what, what I did with my son and stuff like that. So it kind of like, we kind of started bonding over being fathers. And then, um, we started working our way into the, the training and stuff like that. And then ever since the training happened, we just progressively became best friends. Essentially. Awesome. Awesome. Very cool. So yeah, go ahead, Jacob. We had a lot of like the questions we had for each other were a lot of like, not like, how is your son doing? But like, like, what do you, what are your future with them? Like, what is your goals with them? Like not goals, but like, how do you envision leading him as a father, like in the future, Mm -hmm. like his viewpoints and just raising him to be a, a God fearing little savage. Yeah. 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 That's kind of, that's kind of where it came from is because you see like, um, society nowadays and how they're against you know the the masculine man and all this stuff and um you know we both kind of had that same uh sight on wanting our sons to be you know the typical biblical strong dependable man and that's kind of we both kind of bonded on that and um it kind of worked out well because then we both realized we were neither of us were in the position of maybe even guiding them to be that way because we were both in a position of you know not the typical masculine god-fearing men him maybe more god-fearing than i was i i recently obviously started figuring all that stuff out rekindling my relationship with god but when it when it came to um us figuring out what we should do as men and fathers to to guide our sons we made the changes to ourselves to give them an idol to give them someone to idolize to walk that path because we can't just be hypocritical and be lazy, you know, the typical father that sits on the couch and does nothing and just watches football and drinks beer all day and stuff Plays like video that. Games. Video games. Because I played video games at first when my son was first born. And then Jacob kind of helped me realize that that was, um, I think I got rid of it just before, like, got rid of the video games. And then I was kept talking down to you. Yep. About it. I'm like, what do you do? You sat at home and play video games. You got to work. And, right. Right. Really? Yep. And he, he, he got, he got into my head with that. And it was, it was good that he did, you know, there's a lot of things that got in my head about, you know, stopping like the video game stuff. And, you know, it it was good having him around because I know a lot of people don't think that, that, uh, that negative talk on the things that you do. I think, I think you could have negative talk on the things that you're doing negatively. I think that's what you need friends for. I don't think it's always that, you know, uplifting, nice, you know, stuff that you need I, you know i'm the type of person that kind of needed someone to tell me hey you're being an idiot and you need to fix it yeah you know sure. what i mean that's what worked for me and i know a lot of people disagree on that but um i feel it works with uh, resonates with a lot of men that you know kind of need that bashing from their friends oh. yeah and what's interesting yeah. is that your guys's relationship started off with jacob training you which involves him kind of coaching you correcting you guiding you in work and you were repelling that you didn't really yeah. want to be told what to do. You didn't want to be kind of the guy lower than him, so to speak. And then months later, he's telling you to quit video games and you're actually taking that to heart. So it just speaks to the power of being teachable and actually coachable too, right? It's it's crucial. I mean, that's huge to be teachable and coachable is makes you unstoppable in my opinion, because yeah. there's nothing you can't learn. 
So that's fascinating. So speaking of, you mentioned the word masculinity. I think that's something that people misinterpret. I think there's an attack on masculinity and strength and success and power and and, uh, strength. It's being watered down. I mean, we're seeing men nowadays just become docile and weak and quiet and get in line, shut up, sit down, don't speak. And so when you guys think of healthy masculinity, what are some core values that line up with that, that you're pursuing in your life? Well, I kind of want to jump back a little bit that got us on the road to where we are now before we really started to get our fires going for being great fathers and leaders in the house was we both did it not knowing that we were both battling it with it, but we both ditched the the pornography and the huge anything like that. Because sure. we both believe that that's probably one of the biggest attacks on men in the world is pornography without a doubt. Yeah, absolutely. The easiest thing to hide, the easiest thing to wear a mask and pretend that that's not part of your life when in secret, you know, we talk about you are who you are in secret. Integrity is doing what's right when no one's looking. And so I agree. I think pornography is an attack and it's it's rotting men from the inside out. And we're seeing the outward effects of it, but we not might not know where that's coming from. So kudos to you guys, because I do believe that that's huge. And that's a huge vice that a lot of men hold on to. And they think it's okay. They think it's a release. They think it's natural and normal. But yeah. we all know it's artificial. It's a quick dopamine hit. It's it's you're paying a price every time that you do that. There's a price to pay. So right. if the the danger, why don't you guys tell me what is the danger of not giving up that particular vice if you want to pursue greatness? So first of all, the way the way that that kind of so what kind of got me to stop was um you know uh, it was more of a testosterone thing. I, uh, when I first got into the training, I was, I was natural and, you know, I, I, I wanted to figure out as many ways as possible to build my natural testosterone. And, uh, some people disagree on it, but I believe it's a big deal. And I think, you know, when you're sitting there, um, looking for that small dopamine rush and getting it in the most, um, fakest way possible like that, I think that does damage your testosterone. And for, for men that are single out there, it's, it's more of the fact that it damages them in the terms of like uh going looking for a woman yeah and uh it causes them to sit inside play their video games go and watch that stuff all day and you know it it lowers your testosterone for for those people and then for the men that are you know married and have children and stuff it's the fact that you know you lose interest in your 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 significant other you start to you know find the the easiest time to go and do that whenever they're not around and you know, it's, it's the fact that it, it has such negative effects on your mental more than anything. But the way that I got rid of it was because I wanted it to um, benefit me physically. And uh, sure. I didn't cut cold turkey. It took me a little bit. I've always hid it from everybody. Nobody's ever really known about it. Cause I had a, I was definitely addicted. It was, it was a pretty bad addiction because when I was on deployment, it became like, you know, everyone was talking about, you know, well, yeah, they, it's nor it's normalized mm-hmm. in society. Right. So it's, right. Oh, it's not a big deal. Oh, we all do it. So. Yeah. And like out there when there's no Wi-Fi when we were deployed and stuff, it was like guys were airdropping their videos to each other and stuff. And it, it, everybody did it and it was just normal in the Marine Corps. And then, you know, uh, it, 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 you didn't realize that how bad it got until I got back and I kept doing it. And on any chance I got, I would do it. And yeah, then you had 
full free range. Yeah. And then, yeah, then you have the internet all the time and then it just got worse. Sure. And I was like, okay, well, this is what I, when I realized I, I wanted to progress in my training and I wanted to get stronger, I wanted to build my natural testosterone and all that. I would, I would quit for a while and then I would relapse. And then, but that's the thing. Then I started getting that connection with God and I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't feel bad about doing it at the time because I didn't think there was anything wrong with it. It was so normalized. Yeah, but then true. once you build that connection with God, then then I started feeling guilty about it every single time. And sure. uh, it finally got to the point to where, you know, I, my training and, you know, my mental and all that stuff was more important to me. And my connection with God was more important to me than that fake dopamine hit and all that stuff. And uh, luckily, I was able to quit completely. And it's, it's been a fair while now. I I couldn't remember the last time I did it, honestly. So that's what's good excellent. about it. Yeah, excellent. So <laughs> what would your advice be for men that, want to quit that or they are quit they're in the process of quitting that but what has allowed you guys to continue to avoid it i'd i'd say the just like looking at your son yeah and your your kids and your family like do you really want that to be who you are and have them <laughs> if you get caught you know right your son your wife you know do you really want that to be Oh, wow. Dad's, uh, looks at pornography all the time. You know, it's normal. Looks at it, someone other than his mother all yeah, the time and stuff like right. that. And that followed like, you know, treating your wife with like the most beautiful and amazing woman she is. You won't do that. You won't be able to do that with exactly. that. And you won't be Love able it. to show your son what he should look for in a wife. Now that, that plays into that part of like, it'll always be a struggle for men that are trying to quit because of, you know, if you have social media, social media tries to feed you that stuff through algorithms and things like that. Like when I was first trying to stop, I'd be on Instagram and I would see, yeah, uh, like it was even coming even harder. Yeah. <laughs> it, 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 it's, right. It's like, it's the work of the devil. Like he's, I believe a lot of the, de the devil has a lot to play in terms of pornography and, you know, uh, even even something as simple as like putting these naked women on an algorithm and stuff like that. It's it's sad, but it's it's a difficult thing because all men will struggle extremely sure. hard at first with it. No matter how good your connection is with God, no matter how much you love your wife, all this stuff, it's just so normalized and embedded into our heads that that's normal and it's okay. And you know, just you, you know, you can keep it a secret, it'll be fine. But you know, when when you that's the thing with that men have that accept. weight holding over you yeah. all the time. Yeah. And right. then when you see right woman that's half naked or something you're like oh okay now that makes me want to go do xyz and watch you know these videos and stuff like that yeah that's what you kind of got to get past you know like uh when you see guys that have their tiktoks and stuff or uh whatever and you know you see them scrolling and it's 90 percent of it's these naked women it's like that's that's a big reason why you still watch pornography like you need right. to you need to either delete it or you need to fix your algorithm to not show you that stuff anymore and even sure. nowadays even though you know if you never click on it and you go on your explore page on like Instagram or something, you'll always see that one little thing being right there. And that's, in my opinion, these big tech companies that try to um, try to feed entice. into that. Yeah. Entice you to do something of that nature and to go look at that. And it's, it's definitely a, a battle. It's an uphill battle that you have to consistently keep winning and you have to choose to win. That's yeah. how that works. And Love definitely it. opening up about your battles and your struggles with, your spouse or your best friend, like someone that you can communicate and talk with about it. And like, sure. Yeah. Cause I, I believe Jacob was probably 
the first person that I said I was addicted to it too. For sure. sure. Being you being know. honest, you know, being honest with yourself and then being honest with another man that you can trust is super powerful. Being vulnerable, being open and coming to the table with garbage is so mm-hmm. rare. You know, how many men come across like they have it all together, whether they're the business owner or they're jacked or ripped or, you know, they have something about them where you admire them. They have success in one area, but behind the curtain, they're struggling. Right. And one thing that I learned from our, this, the first podcast we launched on this podcast is Greg Denning shared that every sovereign man has to be free. We have to be free. And so pornography is one way that you can get chains wrapped around you and you don't, even feel it at first until it's so far deep and the the grip is so strong that it starts to affect everything. And so I love that you guys have faced that head on. And it's like the gateway. Once you get rid of that and tackle that battle and put it in the past, it's like a gateway, like the lights, your fire to go full blast, full steam ahead. Love it. Love it. So you guys talked about yeah, it's, that's huge, huge. And so momentum is what you're talking about. And so mm-hmm. you talked about video games. You talked about being coachable and teachable and how you guys both ditched that. It was a weight. It was wasting time. It was a distraction. It was an escape from reality, from the things you should be busy doing. And now we've covered pornography. And so are there any other vices or distractions that you guys have been able to overcome in this pursuit that you felt like were holding you back? Yeah, I'd say, I'd say, um, so I, I know I said the thing about like the, the negative commenting on the negative things you do wrong. I feel as though we both are, um, being at this company, we're surrounded by guys that will negatively speak on the positive things you do wrong. And mm. I feel like we both kind of ditched that feeling of caring what they have to say. Mm. You know, Jacob's been the best at it because obviously he gets a lot of hate from these guys for choosing to do the right things, wanting to, pursue God and they call him a, a Bible thumper and they say he's awkward because he was homeschooled and stuff. But what, what a lot of these guys don't understand that, you know, I, in my opinion now is, you know, I used to think the same thing about kids that were homeschooled. I was, oh, those kids are weird, you know, whatever. And then then when you get down to know them and you get to know them on a personal level, they're probably the most authentic people you could probably ever meet because they were sure. raised in home by loving parents instead of a school system that's broken and yeah. um, despises men as, in general. You know what I mean? Sure. So those are those are definitely things that you have to get past is caring about people that aren't trying to excel you. Like, yeah, they might say negative things, but it's usually about the positive things you're doing in life. A lot of the guys talk consistently talk uh, a lot of um, negative uh, things about my training when I first started. Cause when I started, yeah. I was, I was pretty morbidly obese. You know, I was 340 pounds at five eleven, So it didn't look good. I looked terrible. I was absolutely huge. And uh, I started working out you know, a little over a year ago, it was probably like a year and three months ago. And, uh, you know, everybody kept saying the same thing, like, oh, you're fat, you're not going to lose any weight, this, this, and this. And then, um, they were hitting you hard. Yeah, they were going, they were going hard, hard. hard. And, uh, you know, as they did, they don't want no one to get better than them. Mm -hmm. They don't want to see, right. They don't want to see people actually achieve greatness. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. It shows, it shows what's going on in their life. You know, they they want to go with you. So they're trying to tear you down and it's, it's just true. It's human psychology. And so how did you handle that? I mean, you just oh, kept I mean, going. I just, <laughs> was yeah, it easy I was, or? I, I, yeah. I, I'm good at it with, uh, 
with like taking insults and stuff like that. I'm, I'm good at just taking it, laughing, you know, moving on. I knew what I was doing at the time was the right thing to do because my son, I don't want my son to see his dad be this like obese pig that just plays video games and eats all day. Cause I was uh, drinking all the time. I would probably, how it kind of started was, um, I was in the Marine Corps and I was getting out and, uh, you know, they weren't giving us, uh, the deployments that I wanted at the end of my career. And, you know, they were going to send us to Okinawa. And I was like, that's not what I'm interested in. And I, I joined the infantry to, um, combat terrorists and stuff like that. And so it was very depressing getting out, knowing that, you know, I'm not going to go and do something else that I wanted to do. So I kind of was like, okay, now I'm kind of depressed. You know, I was in really good shape at the time. And then, uh, it got to the point to where the last like four months I was in the Marine Corps, it became excessive drinking and eating every time I got off of work. And, uh, you know, I would, on my, I'd wake up in the morning to go to work and I would buy like McDonald's. I'd buy like three sandwiches, three hash browns, a, a Sprite, and I would eat and drink it all the way under the way to work. I'd yeah. get off, I'd eat like two bags of chips, big bags of chips while at work with burritos and all this stuff. And, Got off of work, went and bought like a six pack, 12 pack, whatever, and got home, would sit on the video game, eat and drink, you know, not not do the things that a man is supposed to do when he gets home. And uh, it got really bad. And, you know, I got out of the Marine Corps. I, I was already pretty heavy. I was probably at like 280. I went from like 220 to 280 in like four months. So like right. 60. Yeah, it was bad. And uh, wow. then I joined this company and it got way worse. And uh, I thought I had no time to do anything else besides like eat, drink, and um, do, do play video games after work. And I got up to another another 60 pounds added on, so about 120 pounds total. And wow. uh, that's when I realized, you know, my son would be extremely disappointed. I'm disappointed in myself because I was, I was very fit, athletic. I had abs. I was built and all that stuff prior to the Marine Corps and while I was in. And then to see what, what I turned into was embarrassing. And, uh, you know, I was happy to finally understand that what I'm doing is wrong. My son's not going to be proud of his father and all that stuff. And we started going to the gym, working on it, lost a bunch of weight right away. It was, it was fairly easy in the beginning. You know, I, all I had to do was stop eating and drinking so much. <laughs> and, uh, it got easier as time went on because the weight kind of shed off. So when you get that, like, you know, a lot of people say like, oh, you know, you gotta be patient and this, this, and this when you, when you're training and losing weight and all that stuff. But in my opinion, you know, I, I seen the results right away. And then that's what got me addicted to the results was sure. like, you know, I see myself making these uh, leaps already. You know, how much further can I take this? And uh, I worked out at a commercial gym. It was pretty standard. Nothing crazy. I would just go and bench like three times a week. Basically, I lost good weight from it. And then uh, I thought one day it was on YouTube and I seen these videos of strongman. And that's what kind of got me into that. And uh once I got into strongman, everything kind of changed. And uh, that's when I, I really took it to the next level and pursued this uh, wholeheartedly. And it's made it's it's changed my life completely. And I, I know all the goals that I want to achieve in it. And it's exciting because now I, I don't feel like, you know, lost on what I want to be as a father or, you know, um, as a man in general. You know what I mean? So it, it was it, it's exciting. I still have a lot to go. So teaching you. Absolutely. Yeah. Those yeah. are the things that taught me was discipline. I don't, I don't skip workouts very often. You know, obviously life gets in the way here and there, like Thanksgiving, I, I skipped the workout and stuff like that. So, I mean, it, it's definitely, it's time consuming and it, it causes a lot of issues with uh, your timing and stuff like that. But if, if you prioritize, you know, the things that you need to prioritize to succeed, 
I think that that sets a good standard for your son to see that nothing could stop you if you choose to not let anything get in the way of that. For sure. For sure. And speaking of, you know, your son seeing you do things that are hard that you've overcome, you know, Jacob, for you, I know I've watched you change quite a bit in the last, I don't know if your journey is around the same as Ricky's as far as being intentional and having that physical fitness and all the things that you've accomplished. I don't know if that's, you know, year, year and a half for you as well. But one thing I've noticed about you is that you built a weight bench in your garage. And I think a lot of men use uh, physical fitness, you know, they they pride themselves on the dad bod, right? Yeah. And it's just this big fat excuse. It's just words, right? It, it's the way that they justify being lazy, basically, and not prioritizing their body, which is super important. I mean, it's one thing to play with your kids. It's another thing to think, I want to be able to play with my grandkids, right? And yeah. so a lot of what you guys are doing now is for the future, right? But it's also, you know, you're seeing results in the present too. But one thing, Jacob, I noticed about you is that you you built a weight bench in your garage. You didn't make an excuse like, oh, it's too expensive or I can't drive to a gym. And what I also noticed is that your boys are out there with you in the garage and your boys are what, one and three years old and they're sitting there lifting their weight bench. And so yeah. talk to me a little bit about how you've been able to use physical fitness as a way to not only grow yourself, but grow not for your kids, but with your kids? Well, it's it's something that I think that you need to do to be physically fit and strong as a father and to guide them and to be the protector and know that if I'm not around, they're going to be around mom and that they're going to be able to protect mom when they're older. Sure. And, and then the, putting the gym in the garage was not like so people go to the gym i didn't want to i put the gym in the garage because i didn't want it to hinder my time with family or my kids you know being around them because a lot of people will get a gym membership and then they'll idolize the gym and then they'll be so soaked up into the time with that and they won't even like oh i got home you know and go right to the gym or or things of that nature. So I wanted to do that just to have it there. And then they see it because kids are taught or uh, kids are shown, not taught. Like, what is that? Does that go? Kids more are... is caught than taught. Yeah. More is yeah. caught than taught. So uh, the more they see it, the more they learn. And it's something that's really resonated with me. Yeah. And you normalize what you normalize. So if, if your kids have seen you work out since they could barely walk, then they're going to be pumping iron on their own, you know, oh, within yeah. uh, early teen years and it'll just become a, who they are. And I think going back to what we talked about earlier about being brutally honest with yourself, I think a lot of men escape through the gym, right? They want to get away from their kids. And, you know, let's be honest, sometimes I don't blame them <laughs> because raising yeah. kids is not easy, especially small kids, you know, Jacob and, and Ricky, your, your kids are younger than mine, as far as I know. Um, my, my youngest is seven, so I don't have toddlers. But uh, when they were toddlers, I mean, it's tough. It just, it just is. That's, it's another way of being honest. It is tough. But I think rather than escaping it, you know, we have to embrace it and become who we're supposed to be with them, for them, 
And, you know, I had a similar situation with my oldest when my wife was pregnant. You know, that's that that was the moment that I quit drinking alcohol because mm. I saw my son looking at me as the example and saying, I want to be like daddy. And I was like, you know what? That's enough. That's enough for me. That That's it. I don't need this in my life. I'm, I'm, I'm working so hard to keep something in my life that's not making me better. And yeah. so if we're brutally honest, we could talk about how many things men do that are good things, but why are they doing them, right? If you're going to the gym for two and a half hours to avoid your children, I think that's definitely that's, not improving. Right, right. <laughs> that's not the point, right? So, well, so that's awesome. I love watching those videos, Jacob, on your social media, working out with your kids. And I just wanted to mention that because that's, that's literally what it's all about, right? Let life do the teaching, set the example, set the bar, and your kids are going to follow in your footsteps. It's just human psychology. Even Ricky, he brought his kid into the gym, brought his own weights for the kid <laughs> into the gym, his own bench and everything. Like he could do it. Like you there should be a kid's it. department at the gym, they right? A little, a little tight version of like a, like a little daycare where the kids work out while you work out. Yeah. I mean, why is that not normal, right? Yeah. So hey, that's the idea. We just, we're going to start a gym right now. We're, we're there you go. Email or on our homestead that we start. Yeah. <laughs> I love yeah, that. No, it's, it's definitely been a challenge because unlike Jacob here, I don't have the home gym. So, I mean, in, in terms of obviously spending that time away from my son, it's definitely very difficult and you, you, you miss a lot because we already work the amount of hours that we work. And, uh, I, I started when I first started, I, I did it in the morning. I would train before going to work. And then things kind of changed after a while because, uh, I wasn't getting almost any sleep and, uh, my, my lifting wasn't going right. And then work kind of started taking up my mornings earlier and earlier which for Jacob is he he's good at if they take away his morning, he'll still wake up and find 30 minutes, even 45 minutes to still train and get that in before going. And uh, sure. you know, I can admire that, but with uh, his, his and mine training kind of differs. Yeah. Just uh, a little bit mine. I need a lot more stuff to use because um, I, I have a, I have an actual coach that, uh, tr that trains me and he, he provides me with the things that I have to do. And, uh, the good thing about it is the gym that I go to is very um, inviting with me, and they 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 kind of they do love me there. I'll I'll go with that. You know the 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 owner of the gym I'm good buddies with the the manager of the gym I'm good buddies with. They've been to my competitions. They've see they see me in the gym all the time. They post me on their social medias. Uh, you know they they take good care of me. You know they don't allow children to be in there. And uh, you know I asked Ben, the owner of Los Campeones, you know would you be willing to allow me to bring my son to uh, the gym with me every once in a while. And uh, he's like, yeah, by all means, man, no, no big nice. deal. He's like, rather, I'd rather have you there with your son than you not show up at all. And I was like, that's exactly, I'm, I was very grateful for that. You know, so they, you know, as long as you, as long as you show good character and you show that, you know, you have good intentions of, uh, you know, being there and, you know, making good connections with these guys, things work out well. And so they, they were, they were willing to, uh, you know, change some of the rules for me. And it, it was very cool to have them do that. But yeah, I definitely, I definitely wish I could have more time with my son. I hate, I hate even using that word wish, but it's more of, uh, you know, the thing that I hope he will understand is that I don't do it to get away from him. I do it to inspire him. And it's, you know, you got to make those hard decisions of, you know, do I want to sacrifice some time right now to get out of the job that I work that takes so many hours already? 
And, uh, you know, do I lose time with him now? Yes. But will that open up opportunity for me to have a future where, you know, maybe I miss, I miss some of his first steps, but I get to see him make those, those runs in the future. You know, those are the things like when he's a teenager, by the time he's a teenager, hopefully I'll be at every single football game, every wrestling match, every, anything he wants to do, whether you could be in band, I can make it to your band practices, stuff like that. Absolutely, That's kind of my goal. I understand that, you know, everyone believes you should be there for all of it all the time. But if I'm stuck in a job that takes up, you know, 12 to 14 hours of my day already, you're never going to make it to any, yeah, any you're not anyway. Yeah. We both kind of realize that the job we both work is, um, it takes, it takes basically everything almost. It tries to take as much as it can. And if you don't let them take everything, they, they scrutinize you for it. Like we get, we catch a lot of hate because Jacob, talks about, you know, I want to get off early to go see my chip, my kids before they go to bed. I want to go home and see my wife a little bit. I want to spend time with them. And so they'll, they'll, they get angry with him and they'll try to screw him over in the future and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. And, um, you know, him being disliked at such a cellular level by these guys, it makes it hard for him, but he still, he still manages to find his ways to prioritize his family. Like he'll say, Hey, it's not going to happen today. Stuff like that. So that's, that's Absolutely. where his, that's where his, uh, you know, that's where he's kind of inspired me is in ways that he he can really lay down the law and let them know, like, I'm going to go see my kids. It's not going to happen. Absolutely. Like Absolutely. See, in the position I'm in, I'm not going to say I'm, I wouldn't, there's, I think we only have like one guy at this company that hates me and he's not important. So luckily <laughs> these, these guys like me because um, I guess I'm around them a lot more often and uh, they, they I don't, I don't know what people like about me. I don't know if it's because I'm big and goofy or whatever, but, um, you're like, yeah, that's surprising. But, um, you know, they, they, they give me a lot of hate for prioritizing, you know, the gym and my family and stuff like that, but they've, they've kind of accepted that, you know, they haven't accepted or Jacob prioritizing even, even healthy, like yeah. you bring your own, your, your meal prep and you bring your own, you know, yep. beef and rice. And yeah, don't you guys, like, do you don't you guys heat your, heat your lunch up like on the muffler or something of your truck? <laughs> yeah. yeah. On the exhaust. Yeah. We set our food on our exhaust. So, I mean, that, that sounds like a funny thing, but honestly it's, it's huge because what you're doing essentially in your lives that I've seen is you're prioritizing your goals, right? And your allegiance and, and commitment is not to your employer. Of course, you need to be a good worker. You need to show up when you're supposed to show up. But yep. your commitment, you know, first and foremost to God, to yourself, and then to your family, mm-hmm. right? And if you don't learn to say no, and you don't learn to prioritize what is important, you just, you're going to fall to the default, right? And we know what that is. The default of a man is not a great, is not greatness, right? It's average. And average yep. is the enemy. We talk about that. So yeah. I love it, man. I saw one of you guys post that where your your ground beef and your rice or whatever you guys had. I mean, oh, we both people have the same thing every day, basically. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Yogurt, I love it. Yeah. Beef and rice twice. Yeah. So I talk to I... me about your your strongman pursuits, right? Like when's the next competition? Tell me a little bit about how that works and what some of your goals are with that. If you want to start with uh Jacob. Yeah. Well, I got into it just to kind of train with Ricky into the strongman stuff to kind of have a, you know, a fun time in the gym and a fun, you know, little goals to work out towards, but I'm just, uh, challenge yourself. Yeah. To challenge myself. Like I did one competition in, uh, February what was the, the, the entry February, 
in the, what was the? Oh, novice. The novice class. And then the next one I did, wanted to challenge myself to cut weight. And that really put a, hammered out my diet too. So I can mm-hmm. cut weight and, you know, count my calories and lost weight. You lost what, 30 pounds? A lot. Yeah. yeah. From 250 down to 220 for that competition. That was awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Cause in the novice class, he started, he, he told me, you know, when we first started training together, it was just, I was doing strong, man. He was just working out. Yeah. And then he started driving down from here down to, uh, Eden Prairie to come train with me at that gym down there. And he would do strongman things with me. We would do them, you know, once a week, maybe for a little bit there leading up to uh, the Princeton competition. And, uh, you know, the guy made big leaps in his strength uh, just from the few, the couple months of prep for that competition. And it was, it was pretty cool to see him go out there. And, you know, that's the thing I, I believe men need to be the iron sharpens. Yeah. Iron and I, I believe men need to be competitive at something, you know, like uh, the guys that we work with compete against each other for the money they make and stuff like that. But that's all artificial because it's all about being buddies with somebody to find a way to make more money in this. There's nothing that can lie to you. You're going, the work provides for you and the work you put in is going to give you some result. And so Jacob wanted to test that, uh, that result. And, uh, you know, he went to that competition and he did very well. He surprised people. He's made, he made good connections with some of the guys there and stuff like that. And it it was real exciting to see him, uh, you know, get out of this comfort zone and, and, uh, you know, put his body and mind to the test in a competition like that. I think that's for sure. The things that you just constantly have to do hard things, test yourself, test your body. And so I just, I just wrapped up 75 hard. That was, that was a true test with time management. Sure. Getting work done before you went to work. So tell us uh, for those of you that, for those that don't know what 75 hard is, because in this podcast, I love to hear resources, right? Pointing people toward challenges or toward books or toward something that can better themselves, push them toward greatness. The 75 hard challenge, I'm familiar with it. Uh, not as familiar with you, Jacob, because I've never done it, but um, you did it. And so tell the listeners a little bit of what that is in a summary. So in seven, a sense, that's your way of competing. Like that's your kind of competition. Yeah, yeah, def- yeah definitely. So 75 hard is two work, two 45 minute workouts a day. One has to be outside. No negotiations, 45 minutes to the dot, no less. A gallon of water a day, 10 pages in a book, no cheap meals. You got to stick to a strict diet and no alcohol for 75 days. Love it. No missed days. No missed days. So when did you, when did you finish that? And a progress picture every day because that really kind of okay. shows you every day what you're looking for in your body, per se. But it was definitely more of a a mental test for me. It's like I you know, kind of got the fitness locked down, but the mental task of doing that is a very challenge. Because I remember we went on... Uh, we went on vacation and I was like, that's fine. You know, I'll be able to go on two 45 minute walks, you know, a rock every day. And the first night we got there, it was 11 o'clock at night. And I was like, this, this is it. I guess I gave up uh, 20 days in I'm like, nope, we're doing this 11 o'clock. I had to get it done by 12 o'clock midnight, Love went it. out for a 45 minute walk, came back. It's, it's, those are the tests that we battle through with it. Absolutely. Great learning tool 
to increase your discipline and your time management, I think. Mental and your confidence. I mean, what? how do you feel on the last day of 75 hard? What does that do for your confidence? Feels great that you'll be able to complete that, but it also, whole doing it at 75 days is, was it like, you know, 30 days or for a habit or something like that, like to get a habit down, but it's to get past that habit of to lock down those things that you're going to keep doing even after it's over with. They're going to keep doing it every day. Right. Reading, right. Drinking, drinking all your water, getting hydrated, not drinking alcohol, sticking to your food, not, you know, not eating out and eating crap and, and whatnot and working out every day. I think that was the other thing is 45, two 45 minute workouts is a lot. So you got to mix in some other things, not just strength training. So we were, we were rucking then we were, we were doing 45 minute stretching, which was crazy. For sure. A lot harder than you think when you're, when you're stretching. Mm -hmm. When you guys think about your sons, when you think about the fact that in, in what's going to feel like the blink of an eye, they're going to be, they're going to be men. You know, I have two teenagers and I can't even believe it. It's crazy. But, uh, when you think about your son, maybe 10 or 15 years from now, what type of man do you see? What, what do you want to see in your son? I want to see, you know, the, 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 the main thing, I think everything kind of comes off of a, uh, a God fearing man, because if that if that boy learns at a young age, uh, you know, he doesn't have to be too young, but at a young enough age that, you know, uh, learns what a typical biblical man is, I think that kind of guides him itself. Uh, you know, it, it lets him know, like, you have to be a strong leader, protector, provider. Um, mine, mine, you know, I, do I want my son to um, be a world-class competitor in some type of sport or something? Yeah, that, that's something every father basically wants is to see their son you know, do something incredible in, in terms of sports. But, um, I think mine is more of like, you know, if, if he chooses not to, uh, pursue like uh, a sport, I guess, like, cause mine is, I want him to be in wrestling because that instills discipline and uh, all the good nature you get from it being physical, which I believe all boys should be. I'd like to see him just, uh, you know, find that, uh, level of masculinity and, um, you know, that, bib that biblical masculinity and, and kind of, uh, just, seek out strength because the thing is regardless of whatever you want to do whether you're in the band or the chess club or whatever i will instill that discipline that you will have to train one way or another you will it's it's not an option in today's world to be weak if you want right. to be a good man i think you have to pursue some level of training whether it be jujitsu um strength training uh wrestling anything like that that you can instill i think that child needs because you have to be you have to be capable of great violence to be a good man whether sure. you know, even if it's even if it's training and shooting if you choose not to um be the strongest of person you know let's say you're you, you have a hard time with your genetics and it's hard to play that catch up role and all that stuff and the thing is you know go go learn how to train with a firearm become very fluent in uh you know uh, speed reloads and stuff like that i think those are great disciplines to instill as well. You know, if, if, if you're behind on your training in terms of physical strength, yeah, go ahead and, you know, work on your shooting because I mean, as much as people might not believe, I think, I think 
being trained and shooting is probably one of the most effective ways to protect your family because you have right. to have gun discipline, gun safety, gun control, all of that stuff. I think that's something you need to instill in yourself to be able to protect your family from the worst occasions. It, it treats you like that you're capable of violence, but you know how to control it. Just like <laughs> sure. it's, sure. it's capable of violence, but you know how to control it. I think so, if yeah. you walk into a, yeah, jujitsu, uh, what do they call them? It's not a studio. It's a, uh, there's a certain name for jujitsu. Yeah. 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 Dojo. There you go. You walk into a dojo, you've got the, the baddest, toughest dude in there. He's, he's going to be the kindest guy in the room, right? Just the, the, the man, the man that can, you know, a Navy SEAL or, or a, a karate expert or whatever you want to call it. By the time that they understand their power of strength and violence, they're past the ego, right? It's not about proving anything to anybody. I think a lot of boys and men are out trying to prove something to the world, right? We all want to prove ourselves that we're capable, we're good enough, and especially kids, right? They're, they're on the playground, they're on the football field. They're trying to prove that they have what it takes. We all are. Mm-hmm. But I think when you get to a level of knowledge and skill set, uh, it's past the level of ego, right? And it becomes, you're, you're a loaded weapon at all times. And so you understand that. And so there's nothing to prove at that point. So I love that. And I think that boys, like you said, boys need to be physical. Boys need to understand their body, their mind, control, and all of that. And so, Jacob, for you, when you think about your two boys, what type of men do you want to watch them become? What are you working toward? when you are making those investments in your boys for the future? I think the first investment is they're going to grow up to be like me. So I'm going to invest in myself. Sure. How I want them to be. So I'm going to be the best husband I can be, the best leader I can be, and just have a great outlook on leading and being the father, being the father figure that I, that they look up to. And I want them to be so that they can grow up to be strong men and great fathers. You know, how do I, how am I treating my wife? You know, cause they're going to treat a woman the same way. Mm-hmm. Sure. I'm going to be diligent in my, my relationships and how I talk with my wife and how I communicate and guide them. I think that's going to be a big one is for me is making sure my son seeks out you know, because when you look at um, society today and how most women are being raised and stuff like that with um, how uh, unmodest they are and stuff like that, and, and with pornography being such a big thing that this kind of all plays into it, is like, I want my son to obviously, because c- m- boys and, and men gravitate towards those women that are immodest these days because of pornography and stuff like that. So it'll be good to try to instill that in my son that that's you want to look for a good god-fearing woman that that can cater to you and take care of you and you do the same for her and all right. those kinds of things and uh i think that's going to be a, a very big important role for me to try to instill in him is to look for a woman that's that's going to be good for you instead of you know just choosing this woman that has these features you know what i mean yeah right so i think that's going to be a big one learning how to see the inside of a person and not just the outside. Mm-hmm. You know, our society is so obsessed with the outside. Yep. And we all know that 
we are not who we are on the outside. We are who we are on the inside. So I love that. So I asked my sons, you know, I told my boys I was going to be interviewing you guys and they thought that was pretty cool. So I said, hey boys, is there any questions you have for Jacob and Ricky? And this question is from James. He said, what does your morning routine look like? So either one of you can chime in first. Yours is cooler than mine. <laughs> I feel I feel like every every man of greatness, every father of greatness, you know, they don't get there by accident, right? They don't get up and just roll out of bed and see what happens. They are intentional, they're articulate, they manage their time. And so everybody's a little different, like you said, but I think everybody that's pursuing greatness has a routine. So, Jacob, what's yours? Well, we'll do the like the work the work week routine. So sure. that's that night, getting everything ready, all my work stuff, everything ready for the morning, coffee, supplements on the table, ready to drink. So I'll get up depending on the time, but the earliest usually is three. I'll get up, crawl out of bed, drink some water. I was I always start with a 20 ounce shaker cup of water, chase that. And then I'll usually chuck some more pre-workout, read my Bible or a book on the treadmill workout. And then whatever I have for the day for strength training or any body movements or just, you know, whatever workout I'm doing, get that done off to work. That usually takes about two hours. Wow. But then on the weekends, I'll sleep in a little bit and then usually I'll try to just get like the reading and I read and read my Bible and pray every morning. I'll usually do that later and then all the kids will be up. And then I usually try to go on a walk with the kids on the weekends in the morning. Love that. It. And then train at night with the boys on the weekend. I just did Love it. Saturday night. Up at 3 a.m. Wow. Impressive. Two hours before you have to leave for work. That's awesome, yeah, that man. Was, uh, that really got cemented with the 75 hard because before it was like, oh, I got to be to work at six. Like I can't do anything. Just got to crawl out of bed. The 75 hard definitely made it like, no, you can do it. Like it's, it's, it's easy. Once sure. you get it, do it and get those habits down. It's like, no, I can do it. It's uh it's rewarding once you know how to do that and and get that accomplished. Like there, there's so much accomplished already before you leave the house mm -hmm. and it's only five o'clock. Like you already got right. a couple wins under your belt. You already got that testosterone flowing <laughs> after a workout. And you're ready to tackle the day. I love it. I love it. Ricky, what about you, man? Yeah, my morning routine is it's it's it almost never changes. Uh Jacob usually is out earlier in the morning for me, so he has to, you know, get to work a little bit earlier. But um, for me, for the most part, I don't have to be at work until eight o'clock, and I will step in there at eight o'clock. And I get a lot of um, crap for it because, you know, I, I I do like my time in the morning to where I probably wake up at around like five five thirty. I wake up, the first thing I do is eat. I take my vitamins. I pray. I poop. I <laughs> I brush my teeth. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, that's the thing though. Like, that's a big thing for me is like, that's when I get that out for the whole day. I'm usually good, you know, and, uh, I, uh, I prior, I usually have to weigh my food every morning because I don't have enough Tupperware to put all of my food in all the time. So I usually will wake up, I'll scale out my food, 
get it prepped and ready to go. And then uh, I eat, I take my vitamins. Uh, I usually sit down, drink some water a little bit, and get uh, a little hydrated for the day. And uh, yeah, I just leave for work after that. It's real simple, real simple morning. I think sure. then both both of us on the weekend, we're, we're prepping food. Yeah, I usually I prep all my food in a big basis of terms of like I cook all of it on Sunday and I'll weigh out like when I get when I leave here today, the first thing I have to go do is start cooking because it does take a while. You know, I I have to uh, prepare a bunch of uh, my meals are very simple. My coach uh, makes it for me and it's just chicken and rice for three meals of the day. Uh, obviously throw in your vegetables. But Jacob got me on to uh, this greens shake from first form, which he's a part of. So uh, I've been supplementing with that because it's really a struggle to eat as much food as he has me eating. Yeah. But uh, breakfast is usually beef, eggs, and rice. It's about 200 grams of beef, 200 grams of or 180 grams of rice, and uh, three large eggs. And uh, I usually eat that, and that's uh, filling in the morning. And uh, then the rest of the day is usually chicken and rice. And then if I decide to do any type of vegetables, I'll throw it in there, and then yogurt and berries. And uh, then dinner is beef and rice without uh, eggs. And it's usually how it, it works out for me for the for the meals. But it, it's it's very disciplined and it, it helps me, you know, stay. As of right now, I'm maintaining weight, so it helps keep me there. But it's a really simple morning routine. It, it gets me uh it gets me by. So, you know, I, I, I love you know, it. When I used to train in the morning, it was much more difficult. And uh, you know, I wasn't on a strict diet and stuff like that because I was go go go. So I'd eat like three hot dogs before <laughs> before going to the gym at you know 3 30 in the morning and stuff like that so yeah it's changed a lot and uh yeah i i like i like my morning routine it's fairly easy so it's not too bad i think um i love that and what you both spoke to is the power of planning and the power of preparing mm-hmm. right and i think it's just that's a non-negotiable if you're trying to achieve something trying to live intentionally and pursue greatness you have to prepare, you know, like Jacob, you said the night before everything is laid out and we don't want to land on the default, right. And end up at Burger King and McDonald's and feel like crap. And then, you know, it just spirals from there. So intentional about what you put in your mouth and your mind and your ears and your eyes is a lot of what you guys have talked about. And, and then results follow, they just do. And it's been awesome to watch you guys with that. And what's cool about talking with you guys is that some of the guys I've interviewed are kind of like big names, so to speak, right? A lot of people know them. They have a big following. They've written books. They've achieved things. And that's great. But you guys are just dads like me, right? You're just dads. <laughs> and like on the outside, people might look at your life and think like you're just a guy, right? But I know you guys on the inside. And I love talking to guys like you because you're right on the same wavelength I am, right? You're wanting the same things for your kids. You're putting in the work. You're putting in the time. You have a vision. You have goals. You're pursuing something. You've found a way to challenge yourself physically and mentally through the strongman competitions. You're brutally honest with your habits. You don't want to live in chains. You don't want to live in addiction. And man, I honestly believe it's going to pay dividends. I think you guys as boys are going to grow up and they're just going to see greatness in you guys. They already do, I'm sure. But at a young age, it's hard to, you know, but honestly, in my boys as teenagers, I'm starting to see things that are paying off that I was doing two, three years ago. And so my biggest encouragement to you guys is just to keep going, keep pursuing this. 
And um, I love it. I recognize it. I see it. And I want to give you guys honor where honors do. So for the men listening, you know, a lot of times we talk to these guys, like I said earlier, that are that are big names and big influences and they speak on stage and they write books and and I love all that. But it sometimes can be overwhelming, right? When a guy's like, oh, I've built a $2 billion business. I'm like, wow, that's incredible. <laughs> you know, how, what, how in the world would I do that, you know? But when you guys talk about meal planning, you know, meal prepping, working out, having a morning routine, um, the way you treat your kids, the way you talk to your wife, like, I'm pumped up, right? Because those are all things I can do. There's things in life that we can control and there's things in life we cannot control. But I think what happens is people do not control what they can. And then when the things they can't control come in, they blame those things when really they weren't prepared. They were not prepared with the strength mentally or physically or emotionally to handle the storm, right? A storm's coming in everybody's life. It might be a month away. It might be a year away, but we have to be strong men to be able to handle that, especially with kids counting on us. So that's what I see in you guys. I see you guys doing that. I see you preparing for the future. I see you bettering yourselves every day, keeping each other accountable, not listening to those that really don't have a voice in your life, only listening to those like each other that are encouraging you, not tearing you down. So I love it. Um, Antonio also had a question for you guys. And so I got to ask it, what is your motivation to keep going? Mine is... um. Mine is uh, along the lines of I uh, my, my biggest goal, uh, the end goal of strongman for me is to hopefully become world's strongest man, and uh, that's that's a big one for me because it's I, I know how difficult and crazy it sounds because uh, most of these guys are giants and stuff like that. You know, they're six foot eight and all these crazy things, but um, you know, I've always been fascinated with strength and. Uh, what keeps me going is uh, just knowing that that's the goal I set for myself. When I said I'm going to do something of that nature, I, I I plan to hopefully follow through with that, or then I'm just a liar. So that's that's kind of what keeps me going, and uh, it's it's a it's going to be a long journey, and I'm excited for it. So that's that's what that. keeps me going is inspiring my son to not be a um, a liar in that in that regard. I love it, Jacob. And I think for me, it kind of was one of the first things that lit my fire was the the quote, uh, it's a shame for a man to grow old without seeing the beauty and strength of body of, of his body is capable of. Wow. By uh so great. So great. I Love think it. that just lit the fire. It's just like looking back, I don't want to look at pictures and be like, Yeah, you were fat, you were struggling, you were winded. <laughs> just tying your, <laughs> tie your boots, you know, <laughs> just like struggling through life and seeing that I'll never be tired and I'll never be weak for my kids is always a, a big motivation. That's awesome. That in any scenario that's going to happen, that could happen, or if it hopefully never does, but to be prepared for it, you know, picking up my kids and wife and just running and booking, you know, running them out of a house, not being scared, weak. Oh, he just gave me the chills. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. You know, I love that. Running, Be running. the hero. Yeah. I Be the hero in your home. Yep. yep. Love that. The kids well, are going to look at me and be like, dang, dad is Jack. He is <laughs> He is a monster. I'm scared of dad. Not, not, not scared, but like, 
Oh, no, no there, there should always be a certain level of fear of knowing that your dad is the toughest one of the house. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, absolutely. I love that. And I think when you speak to your sons, they listen because they respect you. And I'll tell you guys right now that when your sons get to be the age of, you know, 12, 13, 14, they only listen to your actions. Yep. Talk is talk is very cheap. And when they're two, three, four years old, you come home from work and they run and kiss and hug you. It's amazing. It's priceless. They love you unconditionally, but they really get to know you when they're a teenager because they're starting to touch that manhood. And we all know when somebody's full of it, right? When somebody's all talk and we're hanging around them a lot, we're like, yeah, that guy doesn't walk the walk. So I think if I had to summarize everything we've talked about, I think you guys are walking the walk. I think you're really putting in the time and the investment now to pay dividends later. And that's what we want all the listeners to do, right? We want them to be the leader of their household, to be brutally honest, to look in the mirror and to start facing those hard things that they know they need to be doing. And you guys are doing it. And Ricky, I have no reason to doubt that you have the capability of becoming the world's strongest man because I've been watching you, man. And I think you could bench press me with one arm and... Do you even have a weak arm? Like you could take your weak arm and bench press me with one. Uh, it's it's insane what you, what, why don't you uh, give us some stats of what your lifts are like? Like how much weight are you actually lifting? Um, Nothing's too crazy yet. Oh, no, yeah. I got, I, I got <laughs> yeah, right, right. I'm, I'm sure <laughs> you guys understand, but um, I'm, I'm sitting at like a, uh, I have, I have, my coach kind of has it weird. We, we don't really, I don't really max out very often. I do heavy singles that are much lower than what my max is going to be. So like, I mean, as of right now, I've, I've pulled on deadlift with 650. I do believe I could pull a fair amount more than that. My bench press, which is not really important in my sport is. It's just um, very impressive. Yeah. It's just 425 on the bench press. Um, oh. uh, uh, overhead press, uh, the best I've gotten on the axle was 315 for three reps. I hit uh, 310 in the log press at the last competition. I think that's your most impressive. That was probably my most impressive. Yeah, that's what got me the win that day. Um, Love it. And then uh, for squat, I'm sitting probably at around 585, maybe 605 on my best days. Yeah, Love so those are, those are the, the simple ones. So hopefully they show up later later next year in June. And, you know, I'm excited for the possibility of hopefully getting my pro card and then that'll kind of jumpstart the whole uh pro pro starting of my my career get some sponsors yeah it'll be real nice excellent, excellent. so the next big competition is june 2024 uh yeah june 8th 2024 denver colorado that's uh the national. okay yeah for nationals uh first place gets his pro card and then i'll be able to compete in pro shows and get invited excellent so cool, man. Well, I know that when I came to the competition that both of you guys competed in, in Minnesota this last summer, I brought my boys with me because yeah. that environment is excellent. One thing I'm learning as a parent is let life do the teaching. And so if I can get my boys in an environment where they're going to see strength, they're going to see men doing hard things, they're going to see testosterone, you know, pumping everywhere. Uh, that is an environment that I really, really enjoyed myself, but also loved getting my boys involved in just to see. And so, man, if we can make it to that uh, Denver competition, I will. But awesome. it's powerful. Awesome. It's powerful for boys to watch greatness in action. And honestly, we don't 
it's it, you know it's okay to have you know a love for an NFL player or Steph Curry or all these great men that are successful in sports. There's a natural desire as a young boy to to have a hero, but I think every dad listening, you are called to be your son's hero and your daughter. It, it's it, they get a front row seat. You know, they see who you really are and they'll see it more and more the older they get. So Jacob and Ricky, man, this has been fun. This has been an honor. I'm super honored to allow you guys to share your story, the things that are working in your life. I respect you guys and I can't wait to see what the future holds. So thank you for your time. Yeah, we feel the same for you, man. Yeah. You're, you're a very inspirational father and we're very grateful to you as well, man. Thank you. Thank you for having us on here. Definitely yeah. look at you as a mentor. Yeah, it's been it's been cool. We we speak this Yeah, we speak the same language, right? We all want the same things and we're doing what it takes to get it. And so that's the message for those listening is just be brutally honest with where you're at, the things you want to change, what do you want for your children and become that. Become the hero in your household and start leading as men are called to lead. So well done Ricky and Jacob and uh, hope to talk to you guys again soon. All right, thank you Joe. We appreciate it. Thanks Joe. All right. Yeah. Talk to you later. Thank you for listening to the Fathers of Greatness podcast. If this has inspired you, please be sure to share it with three to five people. Until next time, thanks for listening.